Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, Darvin Ham had the response I've been hoping for to all of the reports about the disconnect in his locker room. We got a report on the extent to which Jeannie Buss has Darvin Ham's back. And uh, in a rather shitty way, the Lakers got a little bit of help out there in terms of margin for error as John Morant appears to be uh, out for the rest of the season. So lots to get to today. Let's go ahead and dive on in. We start, though, with Darvin Ham, right? Uh, I've been doing a lot of reporting throughout the season about the vibe in his locker room, the way that some of the guys see him, some of the deficiencies that some of those guys have pointed out uh, in, in talking about him kind of behind the scenes, obviously everybody doing so um, through anonymity, right? Dude, you, it's always so funny when people whine about anonymity. Would Darvin Ham prefer a player to like or 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 some you know a player's close friend or a player's agent would they rather that person go on the record and 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 uh and say that stuff with their name like is that what like like that would be a uh i mean it would be a lot more fun from my perspective it'd be 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 it would be nice to be able to go out there and say like yeah so and so is saying this about so-and-so. Here's how I know. Blah, 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 blah. But anyway, I digress. When I reported all that stuff, and especially after The Athletic reported all that stuff, I uh, I was really hoping to hear eventually that Darwin took all that stuff, or, or, or hear from Darwin, right? Uh, I was really hoping to hear that Darwin took all those reports and the leaks and the breakdown in communication to heart and was going to talk to the guys in, in the locker room, have a heart to heart, um, you know, and, and, and allow for more two way communication from some of the guys who have felt like they haven't been heard this season. And, you know, obviously, and, and I kind of get it. <clears throat> I understand where Darwin may have been coming from, where he gets met with all of those reports. It's very thorough reporting. It has been ongoing reporting, right? For, you know, for those who have been paying attention to my stuff. Uh, and apparently the Lakers are, are, are uh, now paying more close attention to, to the stuff that I report as well. Um, but the, you know, I understand in the heat of the moment why Ham would kind of lash out there, right? It's your first time facing this kind of noise uh, to this point whenever Ham has been uh, or, or whenever the Lakers have faced criticism um, or the coaching has faced criticism, it's been with an excuse, right? Well, he's a first-time head coach. Well, he has Russell Westbrook. Well, you know, after they got swept, right? Well, you know, Denver is just better, and the Lakers, it was kind of a miracle that they were in the Western Conference Finals anyway. Blah, 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 blah. And um, 
this time, though, it was the very first time that Darwin faced criticism of his own creation. It is his fault that players have felt like they can't communicate with him or don't feel like they have been heard uh, when it came time to make some of these decisions. I totally understand why role players would get sick of the head coach only feeling like he actually has to answer to the people who pay him or, uh, you know, his superstars. And yeah, like it wouldn't necessarily be unique, right? A lot of coaches handle things that way, but the good coaches, let alone the great ones, they're, they, they feel, or their guys feel heard all the way down to the end of the bench. Obviously the guys at the end of the benches input isn't going to matter as much as the guys at the top of the roster. And for damn sure, nobody's uh, input is going to mean as much as the person signing your checks. But still, you know, that that communication has to go both ways there and has to be productive. So when Sam Amick of The Athletic reported that uh, Darwin and the Lakers had a kind of hash it out film session, that piqued my interest. And it made me kind of happy. Here's what Amick wrote again for the athletic. One day, uh, quote, one day after the uh, one day after another of James's former uh, coaches, Miami's Eric Spolstra had shepherded a 110 to 96 heat win in which the Lakers had 21 turnovers. Ham decided that an unfiltered film session with his team was in order. The whole basketball world had been told that there was a disconnect in their locker room. And so it was that he decided to open the floor to any and all players who wanted to share their frustrations. The result, he said, was the kind of communication that should help them going forward. Quote here from Ham. Hell yeah, I opened the floor, Ham said while explaining the session. Give me some feedback. I don't have pride. My pride is not crazy. My ego, all that. We had a couple players speak up. I'll just leave it there. We had a few guys speak up and right or wrong. I love it. I agreed with most of it and I disagreed with some end quote all around. Yeah, good. Awesome. Now, uh, apparently this took place before. Let's see the Lakers. I'd have to look at their schedule again. And part of me, I should have had this pulled up anyway. But if I have this timeline correct, the Lakers had that hash it out. Uh, conversation with Darvin Ham that went back and forth and then proceeded to lose by 14 to the Grizzlies. So like, uh, you know, the, the timeline here is, is a little tricky. Um, I certainly hadn't heard about any kind of a uh, hash it out conversation, whatever, but, but still I, there's no reason to believe he's lying here. Um, I have not heard in asking around about this, that he's lying it is certainly the kind of thing that the Lakers needed, right? And maybe if it doesn't result right away in an immediate uptick in vibes and production, um, you know, and maybe, you know, look, the Lakers have been such a weird team this year that they would get up for the Clippers and then they might turn right back around tonight by the time you guys are listening to this and lose to the Toronto Raptors. It's been a really weird entitled bunch that, you know, kind of takes a team like the Raptors for granted. 
and really understands that they have to bring it so that they don't get um, embarrassed, let alone have a chance at beating a team like the Clippers. But still, look, if I'm going to criticize the way that Darwin has handled the season, and I have, and if I'm going to report and react to reports about some of the communication breakdown, I also have to turn around, be fair, and credit something like this. And I said that this exactly was the kind of thing that the Lakers needed. Because it was. Like, again, the only reason players, well, not, not the only. Sometimes this happens regardless of what's going on there. But a lot of times when a any kind of a protest happens, right, it's because a person or a big swath of people do not feel heard in the traditional communication or lines of communication, right? And in this case, you know, in the NBA and in professional sports, whatever, those protests come in the form of leaks that go out there because, you know, either that player or that player's agent or that player's friend doesn't feel like or has heard that player said, say that like, yeah, I, I just, I guess I'm just here. I'm not, you know, I'm not worth listening to. And, you know, and, and those stories get out and, you know, it does come down to, in my opinion, the coach, the leader in this situation to respond positively to that criticism, no matter how it arrives at that coach's doorstep. And in this case, it arrived in the form of weeks worth of reporting on my end and a nice long kind of expose uh, that Yovan Buha and Shams Karania wrote for The Athletic and him responding how he did immediately while I understood why he might, <clears throat> why he might wasn't great. It wasn't the right response. It's an understandable one because you are being challenged at your ability to do this job and a very important part of your job. Something, by the way, that you... It's supposed to be a strong suit is Darwin's ability to connect with and communicate with players and finding out that he isn't good at that or finding out that people in his locker room don't think he is good at that. It's probably pretty difficult for him to, to take in, uh, to take in stride. So the fact that apparently now, again, this is where the timeline gets tricky, right? Because <laughs> he was asked about it the other night. But this film session apparently happened earlier in the week. So I, I don't, you know, it's a weird response when you did the more productive thing in, <laughs> in response to the actual story. But regardless, that doesn't matter. All that matters is that hopefully everybody starts moving forward accordingly. And they do have that one impressive win under their belt. And, and like LeBron said after it, Right. A lot of the attention obviously rightfully goes to him, you know, kind of wafting away any kind of uh, uh, optimism or uh, positivity towards the way that Darvin Ham has handled the season while in that same line of questioning, like speaks at length about the job that Teron Lou was doing. For the Clippers, of course, that's going to get a bunch of attention. It should. It, it's, it's done on purpose. It's done so that it gets attention. But 
this was important. And if this is something that everybody, all the in, in, interested parties here, move forward and 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 you know utilize this as kind of a stepping stone or kind of an on ramp to get back on track, that's all that matters. And uh, we'll we'll see what that looks like, and and we'll keep on tracking it as as the season rolls along. Quick aside, um, in <laughs> in that same piece. You had Amic uh, write about Jeannie Buss and how she has Darvin Ham's back. And that's great. You know, apparently she sent a whole bunch of texts to uh, Darvin as all of this was going on just to tell him that he had that she has her back. You had Bill Plaschke, who is very well linked to Jeannie, write a big long thing today calling it dumb for anybody to even consider firing Darvin Ham. I don't think that was a coincidence. That that kind of felt like a favor. But uh kind of tucked away in that article, in, in that piece that that Anik wrote about Darvin Ham and his response and the Lakers' response to all of this noise was this quote: unlike the Vogel situation, where Bus was known to believe the former coach uh was largely to blame for the failed integration of Russell Westbrook and ultimately greenlighted his April 2022 firing as a result, all signs point to the Lakers' most important decision-maker standing by the coach who is in the second year of a four-year deal. Surely no coincidence there. There's a mutual respect in that relationship that resulted in Buss sending a lengthy text message of support to Ham in the wake of Thursday's report in The Athletic that chronicled the rising pressure that surrounds him. Buss could certainly change her stance, of course, but the current state of affairs suggests Ham still has time to turn this around. Again, I'll get to all of that here in a second. But it feels pretty shitty to throw Frank Vogel, Vogel under the bus. For Again, the, the line here is uh, that Vogel was largely to blame for the failed integration of Russell Westbrook. Feels kind of shitty to just run him over with the, with the rust bus there. <laughs> Um, when Frank didn't make the decision to bring him in, was not at all responsible for that. That was not a Frank Vogel call. Russell Westbrook is not a Frank Vogel player. That was obviously LeBron and Anthony Davis as as and and clutch as um indicated through a bunch of reporting to this point. And also Rob Polinka. <laughs> like that second part always gets forgotten for some reason. That people just like. It's all LeBron's fault. LeBron made his bed. He has to play with Russell Westbrook forever. And we just ignore the fact that, like, Rob Palenka, all right, even if you don't want to believe my reporting here and the reporting that has gone on elsewhere here on this front, but it is, like, very, I have been saying all along, and I haven't gotten very much wrong in my reporting. I've gotten plenty wrong in my opinions, but I have not gotten almost anything wrong in my reporting. But Rob Palenka was very much pro a Russell Westbrook trade. Jeannie Buss, very much pro a Russell Westbrook trade. So much in favor, by the way, of a Russell Westbrook trade that she was ready to fire a championship-level head coach for, in her mind, bungling <laughs> the Russell Westbrook trade. Anyway, uh, Rob Palenka, you look at, like, let's just even go back through his history. The reason he has this job is because he was 
Kobe Bryant's right-hand man. Kobe famously said that the person or the player in the NBA who most kind of resembles the Mamba mentality and all of that stuff was Russell Westbrook. Um, Rob Polinka loves a combo guard, right? Just drafted Jalen Hood Shafino uh, the year before the, or the off season before Frank Vogel eventually got fired. Um, the Lakers had like 53 combo guards. Like he has a type and Russell Westbrook very much fills that type. So the idea that like the, the, the idea that Rob Polinka would have convinced Jeannie bus and has been able to convince Jeannie bus that, Russell Westbrook was all either all LeBron's fault or the fact that it didn't work was all Frank Vogel's fault. That man is a wizard when it comes to workplace politics. Like we all got a lot to learn from, from his ability to manage all of that. But I just think like, and look, Frank Vogel is with Phoenix right now. He has his, his own, set of issues that is going on there as he tries to manage the season that first for whatever reason hasn't been able to feature all three stars in phoenix at the same time still think he's a really good coach i still think he's objectively better than darvin ham but uh that said this just feels really unnecessary <laughs> like the re like Frank Vogel wins that bubble championship steer helps steer the Lakers through that insane season, which featured losing Kobe Bryant, which featured COVID, which featured Orlando and, and the bubble that went on down there and wins a championship. And his, his, his reward for that is a two year extension that signaled to everybody that the Lakers didn't actually believe in him as a head coach. And then eventually he gets fired and he gets blamed for it all or whatever. And now we are like years removed, going on years removed <laughs> out of nowhere. <laughs> Rob is sitting there like, why do you say fuck me for? <laughs> the whole thing is just like, I, I it, it just feels very childish. It feels very stupid. And I think it speaks to how easily manipulated Genie Bus has been during the Rob Palenka era. That said, all that said, though, um, you know, the fact that Jeannie has Darwin's back is something that I have been talking about here for a while. Even when the temperature kept rising and rising and rising and rising, and that pressure kept rising and rising and rising and rising. Every time that you guys have hopped on here and listened to me talk about it, I have always been saying that I don't think Darvin Ham is in immediate danger. Because he's on a four-year deal, the second year, by the way, of a four-year deal, because Rob Polinka can't take a loss on another head coach. Jeannie Buss has said that she doesn't like cycling through coaches, even though her time as you know final decision maker, as the as the owner here, decision making owner or governor, um, has been kind of defined by cycling through coaches. Right, it's their third coach in. What are, what are we going on, like five, six years now that, that Jeannie Buss has been working here or, or operating in that in that role? Um, fired Luke Walton, fired Frank Vogel, um, and then now you have Darvin Ham. And and so like and, and it's like I said the other day, essentially the organization is somewhat split on Darvin Ham. You have the people at the very top, right? You have Jeannie, you have Rob, um, 
and and it's kind of hard to figure out from my own reporting uh how the rest of that like cabal feels about Darvin hand there might be some tension up at the very very top but i it's hard to kind of say um but in basketball ops and in at lower levels throughout the organization who by the way deal more on a day-to-day basis with Darvin Ham and watch him coach on a more day-to-day basis than the people at the very top, there is more concern from those people about his ability to do this and the job that he has done to this point this season. Um, I think for the most part, everybody considers last season a, a you know, it, it just happened. I don't think it's even really part of the math. Um, and it certainly isn't any part of the math on the negative side. I think the people at the very, very top see it as just a miracle that Ham was able to, and 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 the role that Ham played in, in all of that. Um, they don't hold it against him that he got swept in the Western Conference Finals, and and uh, you know the 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 whole Russell Westbrook thing, um, you know that was just his thing to kind of tread water through and see what he could do in the second half of the season with a more logical roster. And eventually, look, and, and he deserves credit for the run that he went on. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not saying he doesn't. But, uh, you know, to this point, this season, as those questions have been raised, they have almost entirely come from lower in the organization and, and with those basketball ops people who, and I think this is an important distinction, spend a lot more time with Darwin on a day-to-day basis. Those people, in my mind, their analysis of the situation, although guided potentially, right? Because if Darwin is let go, it opens up a power vacuum there. And like Littlefinger likes to say, right? This, uh, you know, chaos is a ladder. So if the, the head coach gets fired, everybody else can potentially move up at least one rung. Um, so that's worth kind of noting in, 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 um, and, and and it's something I take into account when I hear about the situation there, and and I hear from those you know so, from people closer to the Lakers uh, about Darwin and the job that he is doing. It's like the people people have their intentions, just like Aaron likes to say, right? Anytime something leaks, you have to try to figure out uh, who has the most to gain with that information getting out there. And again, like that is that is worth taking into account. But just because uh, somebody might have a goal in mind by leaking that information doesn't make it worth taking into account. And I have, and I think the front office and those people at the very top of the organization should, but Jeannie having Darwin's back though, did not surprise me. That is something that has been out there. That is something that I have continued to say on this show a ton while all of this has been going on. And that's why I said going into the Clippers game, I didn't think that his job uh, was going to be decided by whether or not he beat the Clippers. I think had he lost in embarrassing fashion, and it looked very clear that the that the uh, players were just outright giving up on him, uh, that, yeah, that probably would have been something that would have led to some uncomfortable conversations. But as it stands, the Lakers win, and, and uh, it only stands to at least temporarily strengthen his standing within the um, organization, which is already very strong because at the end of the day, all that really matters 
um, you know, for an NBA coach is how does my owner owner feel about me? And how does my boss feel about me from that point? You know, Darwin feels like a bit of a made man. And, and, and I would only hope. So like, as a quick aside, Colin Castleton, um, had another really good game here for the, uh, South Bay Lakers, right? The Lakers backup center spot has been, you know, obviously very inconsistent, right? You had Jackson Hayes start the year kind of above, uh, Christian Wood. And then when Jackson Hayes turned back into a pumpkin, now you're seeing Christian Wood get more of an opportunity and Wood is playing very well lately. Uh, but with that inconsistency, you would think would lead to some opportunity to somebody like Castleton who was on a two-way. Look, the Lakers just signed two. They got rid of two kind of further off prospects in uh, Alex Fudge and Demoy Hodge um, to bring in two more kind of ready NBA-ready players in Dylan Windler and in uh, Skyler. Shoot, I just I just had this thing pulled up. Um, Skyler Mays. Uh, the Lakers went out and got you know they swapped out to uh, again guys with maybe more upside down the road to bring in guys who might be able to help uh, right now more. Um, so you would think that a center who the Lakers were very high on coming into training camp um, would have maybe gotten more of an opportunity here. Um, but I do think though, that like the reason I mentioned all of this is because, you know, if ham has that amount of, of trust from the people who would eventually fire him, I would have liked to seen him get a little more creative with some of the end of bench stuff, maybe play Max Christie a little bit more. Um, and, and for damn sure, you would think that he would only further that trust from those people at the very top by playing the people that like they signed the biggest checks for. Um, so I, you know, it, it's just, as we now know <clears throat> that Jeannie bus and Rob Polinka feel a certain way about Darvin ham. Yeah. I, I would like to see him, uh, you know, I, I it just, I would like to see him operate as such, you know, and, and maybe look, maybe that's what that looks like when he gives Cam Reddish more uh, leeway than a coach normally would. And maybe that's what it looks like when he gives uh Torian Prince more leeway is that like, he knows the front office, you know, trust the people who were there last year. And therefore, he wants to give these guys as as long of a look as he can before he goes back to relying on those players. Um, and and by the way, like I don't think he's ever going to move away from move off of Torian Prince. And I do think we are kind of watching Cam Reddish's role diminish a little bit. And so maybe it is a bit of a process, like Cam talks about when he calls the season a marathon. But all that matters again here, and and uh, it the, that piece from Sam of the athletic uh, was very well reported, very well written, and it paints a very clear picture. And, and it echoes a lot of the stuff that I have said to this point, which is Darvin ham was never going anywhere based off of the way that a game against the Clippers might've gone. Maybe some, some tensions would have risen even further. 
and maybe he would have gotten some questioning from the people at the very top of the organization rather than a lengthy text about how much Genie Bus uh, admires him and respects the job that he is doing. Um, maybe, maybe the tone of that conversation is different uh, or whatever, but, but still, um, it, does, it is worth noting here moving forward that that is the situation there for him, and that likely isn't changing anytime soon considering how poorly the, the first half of the season has gone. You would think it's going to go better, and therefore he's probably going to regain a little bit of trust as, as, as such. All right, last thing before we get out of here, and I hate talking about injuries this way. Um, I hate talking about injuries. I hate injuries. This is the worst part of professional sports and just sports in general is, is injuries. But um, the Memphis Grizzlies announced that John ja Morant was going to go to undergo uh, surgery on a torn labrum in one of his shoulders and is going to be missing the remainder of the season. Um, the Grizzlies had been kind of turning things around and figuring things out. Right? We just watched John ja Morant play really well against the Lakers as the Lakers lost to the Grizzlies. Um, and maybe you got a little nervous that the Grizzlies would creep back into the play-in uh, picture. But without John Morant, we saw what that team looked like all year. I just don't think they have enough firepower. It's been the season from hell from them, as they are now going to play basically the bulk of the season without three very important, um, you know, like foundational pieces. Obviously, Jaw. They haven't had Stephen Adams all year. And uh, Brandon Clark has also not been available after tearing his Achilles late last year. Uh, it's 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 a bummer to find that out, but you know, from our perspective, as we look at the, as we look at the Lakers season, this is notable, right? This is a team that could have contended with the Lakers for one of those spots. Now I do think they kind of fall by the wayside. They probably become a seller now. Um, that was a team coming into the season that I don't think you would have anticipated being a seller. So like Marcus Smart becomes available. Luke Kennard probably becomes available. I don't think they go into full rebuild mode, but <coughs> excuse me. But if you can turn a couple of role players into some assets here, um, you know, in what is going to be a lost season, then you know, I think they'll probably take that opportunity. So uh, just a couple names to throw out there. And and again, it's a real bummer that this is how the season is going to go for Jaw. Again, I know I have made those jokes. I have rang my hands uh, when it came, when it comes to Jaw's behavior and his immaturity. It's a real bummer that, that uh, you know, that he has been so immature to this point. And, and, uh, I was really hoping to watch him turn things around and really show why he should be a face of the, the league potentially moving forward. Um, but, you know, that doesn't appear to be in the cards this year. I do sincerely hope that, you know, because he has talked about his own mental health and all of that stuff. I do sincerely hope that he is well supported through this time because this is probably going to go down as one of the most challenging if not maybe the most challenging year of his career. And uh, I hope that he has a good, solid support system around him to get him through 
this being like, it's one thing when your mistakes are what lead to your kind of uh, troubles and, and, and tribulations, right? If you're the one messing up and you get suspended, then I don't really have as much sympathy or whatever. But when it's an injury and it's when, when it's beyond your control and now all of a sudden you're looking at a completely lost season, that is a bummer. And the league is less exciting without him in it. It's just he, he's a he's one of the league's most enthralling athletes, explosive athletes, absolutely dynamic player. And it's a bummer that we aren't going to be able to see him moving forward. All right, that is going to do it here for this episode of the Lakers Lowdown. Uh, the Lakers tonight play the Toronto Raptors um, in L.A., a 7.30 p.m. Pacific start time, which means a 9.30 p.m. start time for me here in Texas. So uh, expect a delusional and delirious me after that game. I will be on with the uh, all-access Lakers guys to watch that game um, here with you. So for those of you who have not set up accounts and haven't been able to get to those uh, watch parties, playback.tv slash all-access Lakers is where you do that um, with us there. And we always have a blast. So hopefully I'll see some of you there. If not, then I'll see you here right afterward for a post-game um, to uh, you know, analyze the game that we just watched and look ahead to the rest of the week as it is. So until then, and until the rest of the next time you guys hear from me, I'm Anthony Irwin saying have a great rest of your day. Make somebody else's, and I will talk to you tomorrow.